In today's episode, we're looking back at all of Wednesday's action. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball today. We are looking at Wednesday's action, nine games in the league. Let's take a look at those games right now. And the first game we take a look at when it comes up on my screen, is the Golden State Warriors and the Indiana Pacers. The Warriors win it on the road, 111-107. Draymond Green, Wiseman's back, Looney's back, and he had three steals and a block. He's actually good. 12-9-11, must-roster player, clearly a must-roster player. Do not leave him on your waiver wire. If you do, you're a dickhead. Simple as that. Steph Curry, 24-8-8 with two steals. Not a great efficiency night. 33% shooting from Steph, but still pretty good overall. While 18 minutes only for Blunty. He did foul out, so that's part of the reason. And 11-5 is fine. I still think he's rostered in just far too many leagues. This is the 195th ranked player this year. I think he's fine off the bench. He's a high usage guy off the bench. He can be an interesting streamer off the bench. He's a nice 16-team league guy, probably 14-team league guy. But at this point, you're holding him for upside only. Andy Wiggins had 15 points on some pretty rough shooting, but added four assists. While Kelly Oubre yeah, was fine. No steals, no blocks, no assists, but 17-5 and five didn't hurt your percentages, and that's okay. While Kevon Looney had four points in 17 minutes. Now, Looney's only a 30-team fantasy league guy. I actually happen to have him on my 30-team fantasy league. But he is still providing really good value for this Warriors team as a starter, and that's why it is hard for Wiseman to push up into very, very big minutes. The triangle, Eric Pascal scored well and didn't do a huge amount, although defensive stats are still and a block is all right from Pascal. For the uh, Pacers, Timothy John McConnell. Only had nine points, but who gives a shit? Five rebounds, six assists, four steals, one block, 35 fantasy points, 57% from the field. Now, this guy, I think, is going to take a real hit when Karis LeVert and TJ McConnell eventually return. He'll probably lose seven or eight minutes a night. Jeremy Lamb will lose time. Justin Holiday will lose time. But at the moment, he's as clear must-roster player as you can find. 38th-ranked player over the last two weeks. Just an absolute monster. While DeMontis Sabonis had 22-16-4. Another big defensive stat night from Sabonis. Two steals, one block. At, at what point do I consider it real? I'm not sure, but it's happening over the last two, three weeks. It was pretty rough from the line. 67% on 12 attempts, but otherwise good numbers. And 32 minutes for Miles Turner. Super encouraging. 14-8 with a steal and two blocks. Brogdon was good, but didn't hit a three, 24 and three, while Dougie McDurd had 15 points in a start. Only 19 minutes for Jeremy Lamb, who's now outside the top 150 over the last two weeks. I think he can be better than that, but I also understand that Lamb is going to lose value when guys return like uh, Levert and like Warren, and in a 10-team league, he's not a must-roster player, Jeremy Lamb, and in a 12-teamer, I think he's a fringe guy that if you want to hold him and if you believe super a huge amount in Jeremy Lamb, by all means, I just don't think that it's a guarantee that you have to hold him. Yeah, rough night from Justin Holiday as well. Six points in 35 minutes. I'd rather have him over Lamb, but he is also a guy that as the season moves on, his value is going to diminish. 
The next game up on the on the schedule for us to look at, or the schedule, as some people in Australia would say. The Houston Rockets go down to the Cavs 112-96. They started um, Victor Oladipo in his return. He's so inefficient, man. 17 points on 40% shooting. At least he had six boards. He had five assists. He had two steals. But the efficiency has been really, really rough from him. Minus 17, a team worst. 31% usage. He continues just to really struggle this season. Johnny Wall had 20 points, had two steals and two blocks, and hit three threes, while Daniel House played 34 minutes. House is a solid enough 14-team league guy. I think you could consider him a 12-teamer. I don't, but you could. And he had 14 and 5. Interesting to see that David Nawaba went from playing 30-plus minutes with Oladipo out to playing 17. That's key to note. Now, he was good. 12 points on 50% shooting. But, yeah, the two blocks, the two threes, the one steal, that's all great. But 17 minutes a night, obviously, does not cut it to be a... Um, to be a 12-team league guy, I, I don't think, as we move forward. And probably not, um, probably not a 14-team league player either at this point. Um, that's David Nwaba. Justin Patton, only 12 minutes. They went small a lot. I can see Patton's minutes increasing over the next couple of games, but Christian Wood's return is coming. Patton's just a deeper league guy. Tucker, one of the worst fantasy players in the NBA, 31 minutes and had zero points with seven rebounds. He had nine fantasy points in total. While it was a pretty rough night from Jay Sean Tate. Now, Jay Sean Tate's best number this year has been his insane field goal percentage. That didn't, that didn't happen here, 38%. Eight points, no threes, no steals, no blocks, and that's rough. He is still a must-roster player, but I, I can see it trending downwards as the season goes on. Well, Eric Gordon did his, his thing, 17 points, but he did it inefficiently, and he had really very little else. Two assists, zero rebounds. The two steals are nice, but again, I'm finding it hard to label him this guaranteed must-roster long-term 12-team league guy. It might help if Oladipo is traded, but I, I just I, I don't I don't see it for Gordon, and I think he's going to have some games out and some minutes reduced as the season goes on. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, holy shit, 37 minutes for Jarrett Allen. I said he wouldn't continue to be a 95% shooter. Okay, he was a 91% shooter. What, what is going on with this bloke? 26 and 18, four blocks. I remember last year talking about him as a massive, massive dynasty buy low. I didn't expect this, though. This is huge. 62 fantasy points, four blocks, Rough from the free throw line, but the numbers are huge. While the Padawan Colin Sexton did his thing, he had 23 points, but impressively for him, he hit three threes. Now, he's normally a very low-volume three-point shooter, but three of eight is great. He said he needs to take more threes. He's followed through on it. Kudos to you, Sexo. Um, One steal only and two trips to the free throw line. Not ideal. Dylan Windler can't miss. Can't get more minutes, but he can't miss. 13 points on 100% shooting with four threes. I will continue to state it. He is the guy that should get minutes over Wade, over Stevens, over Prince, over the Discman, over any of these blokes. And will they continue to... Will they do it? Probably not. But he is a deeper league guy to have a pay, uh, pay some attention to. Well, Darius Garland shot horribly, 29%, but the 10 assists are pretty nice there. And the Discman, Chetty Osman, had seven points in 21 minutes. We can drop him outside of deeper leagues. Dean Wadey Wade... Had 11 and 6 in 20 minutes. Yeah, I don't know why he's starting. I've absolutely no idea why they're starting him, but I don't really, um, I don't really think he's any sort of fantasy option. Also, shout out to having point guard eligibility for Dean Wade, a power forward center who mistakenly has been given point guard eligibility. Torian Prince uh, returned from an ankle injury only to hurt his ankle, and he was out for the game. So you'd imagine that there's going to be more time off coming for the artist right there, guys. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, they're all still going. They're actually in full swing. 
BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, which is betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, actually, you've got to use the promo code. The promo code is locked on. Did I say that? Promo code is locked on. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's crack on. Next game here, we're looking at the Boston Celtics going down to the Atlanta Hawks. Tweeted this out today. It is tough for Boston, missing their third best player and also missing Kemba Walker, but they are. That's two starters down. But I still maintain that Brad Stevens has done a pretty shitty job with some of the rotations. 29 minutes for Jeff Teague. Look, no one needs that. Jeff Teague scored 14 points. Josh, 14 points, man. He he was one of their leading scorers. That's fine. He was also a minus 22. He's also terrible. He cannot defend. Nothing about his play would tell you that he deserves 29 minutes while Peyton Pritchard gets 17, or even while Tremont Waters sits there and plays only eight minutes. Waters is better than Teague, easily. That's a shit decision. Starting two centers has been and continues to be a shit decision. Brad Stevens is a good coach, but good coaches aren't immune to making shit decisions. Jalen Brown, another another rough efficiency night. Didn't hit a three, 17-4-5 on 38%, while uh, double-double for Tristan Thompson in his 26 minutes, 13-13. and 13. Still rostered in just way too many leagues. I don't know what we're doing here. Get that garbage out of here! He is a 16-team league player at best. Remember my concerns with the Rock DJ Robbie Williams and someone said, Josh, when are you going to call him by his real nickname? I'm never going to call him by Time Lord because it's not a nickname that I gave him. So therefore, I'm calling him as the Rock DJ. Simple, uh, easy. I I march to the beat of my own drum. Rob Williams, six points, four rebounds, 14 minutes. Just remember everything that I've said to you about Robbie Williams. The permanent production can be good. He can also be really shit. He's minus 20 in this game. He has plenty of defensive lapses. He jumps really high. Hey, look how high he jumped. He blocks shots. Ooh, what a great defender. No, that's not how it works. Some nights he plays well. Some nights he's dreadful. And there's two other centers in front of him. So we're going to have roller coaster scenarios. And as I have just completely, and I could be wrong about this, at some point in the season, they're just going to say, Daniel Tice, see you later. Tristan Thompson, go and like, you know, smash your missus' best friends. Do whatever you need to do. And they just say, all right, Williams, you're playing 30 minutes. I'd say there's a 0.5% chance of that happening, but maybe they do it. But otherwise, he consistently gets the third most amount of minutes of the centers on his team because he's the third best center on this team. Add him for the permanent production. Add him for the upside. Add him for the blocks. Add him for the field goal percentage. But be aware that this bullshit will continue to happen. What a shit night from Jason Tatum. 32 minutes, 13 points on 20% shooting. One rebound and one assist. Man, you can talk about disappointing draft picks, but picking this guy at pick eight or pick nine, I saw people picking him at pick seven, five. Like insanity. And I, I admit, I had him, I think, at 11, maybe. I think around that area. Oh, man. Imagine picking him before Kawhi. What? How shit would you feel? And I make plenty of mistakes. And I had him way too high. He has just not been that good. The 25th ranked player this year. And 54th over the last two weeks. A good thing is he's a massive buy low. Daniel Tice. We want to talk bad. Zero points in 11 minutes. Uh, he's a drop. Look, the upside's just not high enough. If he plays 30 a night, 
He can be a 12-team league guy. But why would you muck around with this bullshit? Um, playing 14 minutes to uh, Aaron Neesmith while Javante Green gets 13 and Carson Edwards, who looks like he has never played defense in his life, is also pretty poor coaching. 13 points for Neesmith with three threes. He took some threes. He hit him. I think he's playing at a pretty high level. He's only a deeper league guy, but man, this was just a bad night from Stevens, a bad night from Brown, a terrible night from Tatum, a bad night from Teague. It was just a bad night from the Celtics as they lose 127-111. Now on the flip side, your mate... Your Mediterranean penis, the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Um, well, this guy looked dead. Like, he just couldn't move. And then he comes out and hits 10 threes with 38 points in 33 minutes and two steals and 81% shooting. It is fair to say that is a fluke. It is, a, it is fair to say that he will not do anything like that again this season. It just will not happen. But it was awesome. I still do not believe that he needs to be rostered in as many leagues as he is. And everyone will... Now, he is rostered in 84% of leagues in my uh, advanced metric that we have on Basketball Monster. By tomorrow, that'll be up over 90 because people will look at this and go, whoo, let's chase the performance without understanding or maybe even with full understanding that it'll never happen again. But they chase the performance. So watch who adds Gallinari in your league. Watch who they drop. Maybe he can be better than this, but I highly doubt it. 25 minutes for John Collins. Had some foul trouble, but again, just another bad night. 14 and 11 with a block, while Trey Young had 33, 4 and 7 and 5 threes. And Tone Snell, guess what Tone Snell did? Well, he didn't take a free throw because he hasn't all year, but he hit four threes. With Hunter out, with Reddish out, with Bogdanovich out, and with Dunn out, four blokes who will all be ahead of him in the rotation. Snell is starting, he's hitting threes, and he's doing good stuff with it. Not a great night from Capella. Nine and nine in twenty-one minutes. While Fanta Pants went back to being useless. Five, two, and four. I think that Herder is a a drop, more of a streamer at this point. He's not a must roster player. I am impressed with Skylar Mays. Four points in seventeen minutes with five assists. Is he better than Brandon Goodwin? Almost definitely yes. Is he better than Rajan Rondo? Plenty of you will argue, well, wait till the playoffs, Josh. Wait till playoff Rondo. Cool. It's the regular season, and regular season Rajan Rondo is one of the worst players in the NBA. I think Mays is better than him at this point. Now, will that continue? Probably not. But deeper leagues, you just want to pay some attention here to Skylar. Uh, I think that's probably about all we need to talk about with this game. Lots of me talking, lots of me ranting about the Celtics, so I do apologize about that. Let's go on to the next game. It is the San Antonio Spurs, the Zombie Spurs, the Austin Spurs. They lose to the Thunder 102-99. Imagine going down to a Lou Dort buzzer beater. Holy shit. DeJounte Murray, well, it was always predicted that his big usage would come in this game, and it did. 32 minutes, 27 points, 60% shooting, 30, 31 usage, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. Didn't take, He didn't hit a 3. Only took 1, but that's a really good night. Keita Bates-Diop. This is a guy that came out of Ohio State with really good steal and really good block numbers. In the times he's gotten opportunities, I think he's looked okay. And then he drops 29 fantasy points here in 20 minutes, nine points, four steals, four rebounds. I had him on the pregame show. I said, hey, you want to take a flyer on someone, maybe in a lineup that no one will use. Maybe look at Bates Diop. I wish I had done it myself, but you could have used him. Instead, I went with Luka Samanich, who uh, had four points. So that wasn't great, but Bates Diop, at least in the short term, maybe he's like a 16-team stream. LaMarcus Aldridge came off the bench, played 26 minutes. Now, I have stated multiple times, I do not think that Greg Popovich is going to go to Aldridge and say, LaMarcus, you're just coming off the bench behind Yucca Pirtle every game this season. But you know what? I, th- I, th- I think I'm changing my mind. I don't think I'm there yet, and I don't think it's what's going to happen. 
But in terms of what's best for the Spurs, starting Pirtle is best for the Spurs. Now, I, I am not changing my opinion that I think this is the last season that LaMarcus Aldridge is a starter in the NBA. I am, I am dead set in that thought, and nothing about that will change. Now, Aldridge wasn't horrendous. 11 and 7, two threes are still in a block on 30% shooting in 26 minutes, and he's probably worth a flyer in a 12-team league. But I am not, I was 100% sure he'd just go back as a starter. I am not that anymore. Paddy Mills is a nice short-term streamer, 15 points with three threes in 28 minutes, while Lonnie Walker, guys, is there, is there anyone, anyone watching this that still believes in Lonnie Walker or listen to this? Anyone? Uh, you surely can't, surely. 12 points in, th- I just don't think he's any good. Mate, like I know he's a young player, but it's his third season. We have seen uh, zero. I don't think we've seen anything good from him. And I know that's being harsh on the young fella, but I just, I just don't see it. Sure, he's a great bloke. Seems like an absolute ripper of a bloke as well. I just don't think he's all that good of an NBA player. He will not have a starting role when everyone returns. 12 points for him. Trey Lyles had eight points in 26 minutes. And speaking of Pirtle, just a bad efficiency night. True shooting of 42%, but seven and nine with two blocks. If you've got him in a 12-teamer, yeah, just hold. And let's just see where this goes. For the Thunder, Gildas Alexander. Now, Devin Booker was named as the replacement for Anthony Davis. I've got no qualms with that. I think Shea should have been in the All-Star team. I think Shea had equal, if not higher claim than Booker to be the replacement. I think Mike Conley did as well, but any of those three should have had it. And Shea came out and was ridiculous. 42 and 8 with six triples, 65% shooting, 91 from the line. Man, he's actually unbelievably good. Horford had 16, 7, and 7, while Dort had 16 points with four threes. This undoubtedly means that Dort's roster percentage will jump by 7% tomorrow, and then those players will drop him the next day. He is only a deeper league guy. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon. 35 minutes, which is encouraging. Three points is discouraging. Four steals is awesome. And three assists is good. And I think it can be higher. Players were just missing all of his shots. We'll talk about the bloke that missed all those shots in a second. I am still holding with Malinon. I want to see another week to 10 days of him as a starter. And let's gauge the growth there. Five and five for Isaiah Roby with two steals and a block. Hold on to him for this week. There's still another back-to-back coming. I think his role expands later in the season. He is a great luxury stash. While the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams had three points in 18 minutes. And let's talk about that bloke who did miss all those shots. Darius Baisley. 30 minutes, zero points, 0 of 8 from the field. He did have 10 rebounds, but he had nothing else. Get that garbage out of here! He's a clear drop. Um, I don't particularly think he's a good player. I didn't think he was a particularly good player to begin this season. What I did think was like, holy shit, they're going to develop him. They're going to give him a ton of minutes. And who the hell is going to take shots on this team? It is going to be him. It sort of is him. It's just that nothing is going in and nothing is working. So move on. Who cares? The upside's not that high. Just get rid of him. He has been rough. Also, MC Hamadou Diallo. Get that garbage out of here! Now, that's maybe a bit unfair to a bloke who got hurt today, but still. He's not a rosterable player in 12s or 14-team leagues. Five points in 11 minutes for Diallo. Guys, do you want to buy a part for your car? Why would you go to your big chain store to buy the parts when they are invariably just going to charge you more money? And they're probably not going to have the part in stock. They're going to have to order it. And you can do that yourself while saving money. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protest in sport across leagues, and then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports. What's been achieved and the important work left to be done, all in discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Let us move on. Next game up here, we're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Chicago Bulls. Overtime game, the Bulls win it 133-126. Little Chungus, Carl Anthony Towns. I'd say the uh, Chris Finch experiment's working all right. 24-8-5, two steals and a block. He did foul out. That's why the low minutes, but holy shit, the numbers are so good with him. And it was also a big night from Anthony Edwards. Now, I can't really get behind a bloke taking 20 shots and 30, shooting 35%, but the nine boards is excellent. The three threes is great. The six assists are awesome, and the two steals is really good. So good stuff there from Edwards. We are still holding because of the potential. But I, the biggest surprise is Gloria. Jared Vanderbilt, 34 minutes. 16-6 and six with four steals and 100% from the field. Everything looked like it was trending towards Jaden McDaniels. And then Gloria comes out and drops this on us. Do we add him? Sure, take a flyer. Who knows what's going to happen? How, how are they going to run this? But that is absolutely massively encouraging. Also, 6 of 7 from the line where he's usually pretty atrocious. It could really you know, vacillate between him and McDaniels all season, but that was super encouraging. I don't know whether it's because Finch favors him or he liked the matchup, but we have two games worth of evidence here with Finch. And in the first one, Vanderbilt got 2,000 about the first five minutes of that game, and that limited his playing time. Maybe take a flyer. Beasley, 25 points in 37 minutes, while Ravishing Rick had nine points with 10 assists and McLaughlin uh, only the 20 minutes. They did play together a little bit. Interestingly, Jarrett Culver was available to play and did not. We had 19 minutes of Jalen Noel instead and 16 minutes of Josh Okoge. I don't think Culver's particularly good. I also don't think Okoge's particularly good. So interesting to see whether Culver gets back in the rotation. But deeper leagues, there is some marginal scoring value there for uh, Jalen Noel. For the Bulls, I'm not a big I told you so person, but Wendell Carter's good, guys. Like He's actually really good. And I've been banging the absolute shit out of the drum that I think at some point, He's going to be a top 25 player. And then I backed off on that. I said, oh, maybe not. Maybe not top 25. Maybe top 50. He had 17 and 10 in 32 minutes with two steals and two blocks. They're finally playing in minutes. There's still room for growth for him to be a three-point shooter and a passing big man. He's really good. I believe he is better than Larry Markkinen and will be better than Larry Markkinen. I am massively into Wendell Carter, as you're well aware, and people have criticized me for it in the past. But he's good. 35 points for Zach Levine in, uh, with five triples there as well. 
and a really encouraging night from Pat Williams. Only 27 minutes. And my worry with Williams a bit is the minutes as we move forward. 13 and four with two steals and a block. That's a great 12-team league line. I just don't really trust it long-term. Kobe White was also pretty good, 20 and eight with six assists, while Sadoransky had 16, five and four. And Thad Young, another great night. 14 points, six assists, Four steals. Thad continues to be absolutely amazing. The 73rd-ranked player over the last two weeks somehow. While Garrett Temple played a ton, um, wasn't really good. He can be a 12-team league guy, but he's not someone that you just hold on to for dear life and hope it goes well. Some interesting performances in that game in general. Next game up for us to take a look at. We've got the Detroit Pistons and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans win at 128-118. Jeremy Grant was was resting, so 32 minutes for Mason Plumlee, 21, 9, and 7 with four blocks on 90% shooting. This guy has been unbelievable. 51 fantasy points here, a clear must-roster player. Guys, would you know what his ranking is over the last two weeks? It doesn't matter if you don't know, because I'm going to tell you, he's a top 30 player. Do I expect that to continue? Of course I don't, but man, this is awesome. How good has he been? Saban Lee wasn't quite as good, but 22 minutes, 13 points, four assists, two steals, one block, apparently is the best shooter in the world. 63% 63% from the field. I think he's a 12-team league ad. And I did mention this, I think, on the pregame show or on the What to Watch For show. I don't remember. But yeah, there is some hope still for Dennis Smith. 26 minutes, 11-3-7, three steals. That's good. I would make sure he is on a roster in a 14-team league. Josh Jackson's a 12-team league guy, 25 points in 29 minutes with six rebounds and three assists. While we also got, interestingly, some Stewart and Plumley minutes together. 11 and 10 for Isaiah with two steals and a block. Now, I do think that you know, they would want to see him as a starting center, but with how Plumlee is playing and how Plumlee keeps this team organized, I don't see Dwayne Casey benching Plumlee and playing Stewart 30 minutes a night as the season goes on. I don't see that happening. But Stewart is a name to watch. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, 13 points in 31 minutes with three threes. Again, this is just what he does. It is, is he the new most boring player in the NBA? Like, I feel like it's 12 points, two to three threes every game. Like, that's just what he does. And it's fine for 12-team leagues, but it's boring as shit. While Dumbaya started in place of Grant, had three points, and the Duke Wayne Ellington had seven points in his 24 minutes. Big minutes for McKay Luke, who had 12 points in 28 minutes, hit four threes, but really, he's just a a stream-type option. For the Pelicans, who's going to stop Zion Williamson? The answer is nobody. 32 points on 72% shooting, five assists again. Zero steals and a block, and the free throws weren't great, but he cannot be stopped offensively. His passing is great. I Look, let me tell you, is it... I'm tongue-tied because I'm getting excited. I'm trying to keep my hands above above the equator here. Is it crazy if you saw, maybe not a full season, but say a month or two-month stretch, not this year, but in two, three years' time, of Zion going 30 points, one three, nine boards, seven assists, 1.5 1.5 steals, one block with a true shooting of over 70. I do not think that is an outrageous claim for a two-month stretch or even a full season. He is that unstoppable. Lonzo had 12, 6, and 8 with three steals, which is great. 38 fantasy points there for Lonzo, who's a top 50 player in the last two weeks. And Ingram had 27, 7, and 8, and on, on really good efficiency again. True shooting of 64%. Steven Adams returned, played 31 minutes, and had one of his best lines. 14, 15, 3, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Great numbers. He's been shithouse all season, not even a top 150 player. But, um, yeah, there's some good numbers. A clear 14-team league guy and probably a 12-teamer, but not someone that I'm falling all over myself to grab. Eric Bledsoe played a lot of minutes, 
didn't really matter. 11 points, zero threes, two steals, one of four from the line. I think that he is a 12-team league drop. Get that garbage out of here! Well, Josh the Hitman Hart had 11 points in 29 minutes. I would rather have Hart over Bledsoe. Hart is a top 90 player in the last two weeks. Kyra Lewis minutes are being slashed at the moment, unfortunately. Five points in seven minutes. He was single digits in the last game as well. I'm still holding him. I still believe in him long-term especially, um, but that was not a uh, not an encouraging performance to say the least. Let's move on. Next game, the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat win at 116-108. Now, if I'm going to shit on Brad Stevens, I'm going to have some criticisms here for Nick Nurse. He kept Pascal Siakam benched for basically the entire fourth quarter. I think it was the entire fourth quarter and the end of the third. Now, it was a back-to-back. He'd played a ton of minutes, and he claims oh, our, the guys that were in were playing okay. So I can sort of get behind that. But 24 minutes for Siakam, who wasn't playing well, is still not enough. I, I don't, And I know these guys are playing well. We'll keep them in. I subscribe to that to a degree. But I also, when Terrence Davis is out there, when Matt Thomas is out there, regardless of they're playing well, just put Siakam in. I'll take the risk. And if you come at me and kill me in a post game saying, Matt Thomas was playing really well, how come he went back to your All-NBA player? And my answer would just be, kids, close your ears, because he's a fucking All-NBA player. That's, that's why. And I think that having that as an excuse, you can get away with it. I understand the rest portion of it. I understand some of the mentality, but man, just play him. The Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, You better stop OG. Anyone still like dropping this guy? Apparently multiple people have asked me that question. 14 and 6, two blocks and two threes. Played on a back-to-back. Awesome. While the wiki Chris Boucher, plus 10, only 18 minutes. That, I can't get behind from Nurse. I can't defend it. 11 and 6 with two threes. It's always going to be a roller coaster with this bloke. And unfortunately, it was here. Uh, 22 usage for Norman Powell. He was a minus 11. Not good. Worst on the team. Still had 17 points, but it was encouraging to see those minutes stay up with everyone healthy. Both Lowry and Van Vliet had 24 points. Lowry had eight assists. Van Vliet had seven good games from both of those guys. And that's probably about it with this team. For the Heat, Jim Butler. Because he's my butler. <laughs> Another awesome game. 27, 8, and 10. Three steals, a block, and three threes. In the 30 deep draft, I drafted this bloke at 43. It looked pretty rough when he was missing the start of the season, but holy shit, what a steal. Bam had 19 and 12 in 35 minutes, while Dunk Robinson hit four threes. Great. He's an awesome three-point streamer. That's it. 17 points in 39 minutes, and Kendrick Nunn. Um, encouragingly for Nunn, he had uh, seven assists. Unfortunately, his usage was 15. He had seven points and he shot 22%. And that's without Tyler Hero. He is going to drop off. Put your absolute money on it. Is he worth holding for now? Sure. If anyone gives you a top 100 player in a trade, just accept it later and then tell them they're a dickhead. Uh, that's what I'd be doing. Goran Dragic returned only 21 minutes, had 15 points. Well, we had big Kelly Olynyk minutes. We also had shit Kelly Olynyk minutes, but we had big ones. Seven points, seven rebounds, four assists in 32 minutes. He was a plus 10, but from a fantasy point of view, that didn't really do too much. And he is just a 14-team league guy and a stream option, unfortunately, for Kelly. All right, so let's go on to the next game. Crazy game, this one. The Hornets win at 124-121 over the Phoenix Suns um, with some wackiness down the end here. LaMelo Ball, Uh, I think he's pretty good. 20 points in 30 minutes. Unfortunately, only 30 minutes, but three threes, four rebounds, eight assists, two steals, 64% shooting. He's actually awesome. And I don't know what they're going to do when Devontae Graham comes back, but it would be a fiery, fireable offense if he comes off the bench. 
Malik Monk went bananas as well. Malik Monk, I think, is shooting 33% on twos and 48% on threes this year. He was crazy here. 28 minutes, 29 points, five triples, three assists, one steal, 46% shooting, plus 15, 34% usage. That's awesome. But, you know, what do you do with him? You stream him in maybe on nights like this. You look at him in very deep leagues. Like, he's only the 244th ranked player this season. But he's had some good moments of late. 20 points for Haywood with eight rebounds and four assists, while Bridges had a nice 14 and six. I think Bridges is still a back-end 12-team league guy. And you'd be shocked to know that Cody Zeller got hurt. Now, Zeller was putting in an okay performance. 10 and four, a steal and two blocks, played 18 minutes, then had a hip contusion and didn't return, while Biombo played 26 minutes. And with those guys getting 34 minutes, that meant not a great night for Paul Washington Jr. 10 points in 24 minutes. I still believe Washington is a must-roster player. Shit, he's the 88th-ranked player this year, but there are going to be nights that frustrate you with him for sure. Remember when I had Terry Rozier on the Sal High podcast? He had 10 points on 27% shooting here. What he was doing was insanity. His ranking as a top 10 player was insanity, and we are seeing him, and I, I tweeted about this the other day, saying yeah, that his two-point percentage was 10 percentage points higher than last year, like in crazy numbers. Now, he's not this bad. He's not a 20% shooter, a 25% shooter, but he's regressing and uh, you just got to deal with it, unfortunately. 10, 6, and 4 in 36 minutes. Uh, 36 minutes, that's the word I'm looking for, for Tez. For the Suns, Chris Paul had 20 and 8 with 10 assists and Booker had 33 points. Of course, zero rebounds is pretty rough. Three assists is also terrible and four free throw attempts is not good as Booker continues to flounder outside the top 40 for this season. A real disappointment as a second round pick. I thought, yeah, based on how he coexisted with a pass first point guard like ravishing Rick Rubio last year, that he'd be able to maintain five to six assists and get to the line of talent. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case with Chris Paul. He just is now like basically an off-ball player. 33 points for Booker is good, but it's not second round good. Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And sometimes maybe average. 12 points, two threes, one steal, two blocks. 84th ranked player over the last two weeks. That's fine if you want him in a 12-team league. I think he's more 14-teamer. But there is some value in him. While Aiton had just what John Ayton does, like 16 and 10. Yeah, no threes, one assist, zero steals, zero, one block. At least he got to the line. But he is not a top 50 player this year either. And uh, congratulations, everybody. McCall Bridges got a steal. He had 12 points with two threes. He had two blocks. Everything else about his game has been pretty good. But uh, the steals have been disappointing. And Monty Williams, stop playing Frank Kaminsky. I know he's only playing 12 minutes, but it's 12 minutes he doesn't have to play. Why are we starting him? You, you are literally starting him as a good luck charm. Well, when he started, we haven't lost games. So we've got to keep doing it, even though he's our 11th worst player in the rotation, in a rotation of 10 players. You lost. Get him out of there. In fact... Get that garbage out of here! Maybe that's unfair on Frank. He was six points. He was a plus one in this game. But still, there's no need. There's no need for him to play really at all. you got Sharich. you got Johnson. you got Crowder. You got significantly better players. Cam Johnson had 14 points in 30 minutes, one of his better games, but I don't really think there's much to see there in terms of his fantasy value long term. All right, the last game of the night. What an absolute ass kicking this was. The Lakers 89, the Jazz 114. Now, there's a couple of things to take away from this. The Jazz are actually real. Like, they are an impressively good team. They are, you can say, it's only the regular season. Cool. That's all we've got to go on. And they are a title chance. I still think the Clippers, the Nets, 
and probably the Lakers are ahead of them, but I think they're a legitimate chance. Secondly, well, don't panic about the Lakers. No Anthony Davis, no Dennis Schroeder. It's a tough goal of things. LeBron is exhausted. He's also not as good as he's been in the past. And despite the um, LeBron, uh, what's the right word? Dutch rudderers, rusty tromboners that think that he's the MVP. I don't believe that he is. He has fallen off somewhat this season. Not a huge amount, but still fallen off a little bit. The Lakers will be fine. They will get Davis back. They will get Schroeder back really soon. But um, yeah, both things can be the same. You can say, say the th- both things for this game. The Lakers, don't worry about them. But the Jazz, they're really good. In fact, it's pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. Let's talk about LeBron. LeBron James. 28 minutes, 19, 4 and 4. At least he was 80% from the line. He's now yeah, outside the top 25 over the course of the season. Um, still a good points league player, but not as good for category leagues. Well, the future MVP came off the bench, Kyle Kuzma. Had five points on seven shots, seven rebounds, two steals and a block. Now, his defense has improved a lot this year. If you added him because of the Davis injury and you want to drop him, by all means. He hasn't exploded. He's coming off the bench. That didn't really work that well today. But, you know, the value is not super high. The table, Montrez Harrell played 22 minutes. He was high usage again, 16 and 6. But I don't know, man. His defense still is absolutely disastrous. While Taylor Horton Tucker started uh, over Kuzma, or actually over Wes Matthews, 8, 5, and 5. Just shot horribly, 25%. He's only a deeper league guy for the short term. Uh, Markeith Morris had 12 and 9 in 28 minutes, and KCP had 5 points. Overall, it's just a shit show of a line. Actually, we probably should talk about Marcus Oh, hi, Mark. He played only the 19 minutes here. Eight points, two threes, a steal, and a block. He's actually producing not bad 14-team league value in this short term with Davis out, and maybe that can continue. For the Jazz, I think Mike Conley was really stiff not to be in the All-Star game, and he was excellent again. 14-8-8 with four threes and two steals. Boyan Bogdanovich had 15 points and five threes. Good game from him. Don Mitchell, 13-10-8. Unfortunately, he shot 25%. And let's just get this out of the way now. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's awesome. He is one from all reports. And I say Jalen Brown's a top five bloke in the league. From all reports, he's in the top five as well, Don Mitchell. He's, he's awesome. He's Don. He's good. But can we get rid of this bullshit that Donovan Mitchell should be in the MVP conversation? I could make an argument, a pretty effective one. He's the third best player on his own team. I know the Jazz are crushing it. I know they're the best team in the NBA. He is not their best player. He is not the MVP. Um, Simple as that. And I love the bloke. And he's really good. He's not the MVP. But, yeah, that's a horrendous shooting night. But awesome the rebounds, awesome steals, awesome assists, great stuff. Jordy Clarkson only played 24 minutes but went bananas, 18 points with four triples, while Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. (laughs) 18 and 9 in 27 minutes. And out of all this, the bloke who had the highest plus minus on this team was a guy who had a usage of under 6%, and that's Royce O'Neal. Six points, two threes, three assists, one steal. He still is the 111th ranked player this year. There is still 12-team value in him. The upside is literally non-existent. 
but he is putting up 12-team numbers somehow. Well, Jingle and Joe, I don't believe that Joe Ingles is a must-roster 12-team league player. He had three points in 22 minutes, and with a healthy team and with blowouts like this, I just think you can get better value streaming his spot in on days when they play, or you stream him in on days when they play, then drop him for other guys. I just don't see the consistent um, 100% guarantee type uh, value in 12-team formats. Let's move across now and have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Saban Lee, plus 35%. That's a big, big increase. Made a lot of sense. I thought he was pretty strong today again, and he is worth holding. David Nwaba up 27%. That uh, didn't look great at the time, and that was the risk with him, is that when everyone came back, what were his minutes going to look like? He was still okay today, but he played only 17 minutes. I'm not convinced he remains a 12-team league guy. While Jalen the Burner Brunson was up 22%. I actually think that's not a bad move. He's probably more for 14-team leagues, but not bad there. Tristan Thompson up 12%. People really love a double-double, don't they? He's still not a top 200 player this year. He's not a top 200 player over the last two weeks. He had a double-double today, but he just doesn't do anything else. If your league counts double-doubles, great. Fix it, but great. There's value in him there. I just don't see it long-term for him. He's a streamer at best. Well, Ingles up 11%. I reckon that number will reverse a bit after his three-point performance today. In terms of drops, Marcus Morris down 12%, of course. MC Hamadou Diallo down 12%. Get that garbage out of here! Emmanuel quickly down 11%. You might want to reverse that and add him for Thursday with uh, Alfred Payton Doubtful. Unknowing what Tom Thibodeau will do, but quickly, I agree, is not a must-hold 12-team league guy long-term. DeMarcus Cousins down 10% as well. Get that garbage out of here! I've had people ask me, hey, do I go and scoop DeMarcus Cousins? Think this to yourself. Where is DeMarcus Cousins going where he's playing 25 minutes a night? Who is adding him off the waiver wire to play 25 minutes a night? And the answer to your question is probably, and it should be, nowhere. And therefore, he is not an ad. And Jeff Green down 10%. Yep, that makes a ton of sense as well. Let's have a look at the monstrous line of the night. It is the Italian cock. Hands off my cock. Danilo Gallinari had an absolute monster. He also had a big game. 38 points, 10 triples, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. That is a far cry from his 5.14% shooting night the night before. In fact, out of his last five games, he has hit six threes combined. Sorry, in these four games before this, six threes combined. And in those last five games, he's had a shooting night of 14%, another shooting night of 14%, and another shooting night of 23%. So to say this came out of the blue would be an understatement. He is a streamer for me for free throw percentage and for triples. And maybe that works for you, but he's not a must-roster guy. In terms of the rookie of the night, of course, it is Lamelo Ball, again, who's the 18th-ranked player over the last two weeks. Melo had 20 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, 64% from the field. Continues to be really, really good and super... Super, super impressive. Now let's look at the top 10 players in under 50% of leagues. Jared Vanderbilt, number one. I think he's worth a flyer in 12-teamers. Malik Monk, hot shooting, 16-team streamer. Jeff Teague, no. Number four, Patrick Williams. Um, I think he is a 14-team league guy who's got marginal 12-team league value, but he's so inconsistent there. Kata Bates-Diop is the fifth-ranked player or the fifth-best player in terms of under 50% rostered guys. With the Spurs banged up with COVID, maybe you look at him as a 14-team league guy. Number six, Daniel House. Yep, he's a 14-team league ad. Igadala, no. Tone Snell, short-term three-point streamer. Dennis Smith, fine in 14-team leagues. And then Tremont Waters with Kemba Walker resting. He put up a good game, but he barely played, and there is no trustworthiness in him and his play whatsoever. I'm sure he's a trustworthy guy, but you can't trust his role and his production. Let's look now at 
Thursday. I was going to say Friday, and then I almost sounded like an idiot calling it Thursday. Um, let's look at Thursday's games for DFS and referencing some uh, some FanDuel pricing at the end there. All right, there's six games on on Thursday. Let's have a bit of a quick look at what's happening there. Dallas and Philadelphia. Porzingis and Kleber, both questionable. Both missed last game. The uh, Mavericks started Dwight Powell and James Johnson in that one, but it was Willie Cauley-Stein who got the bulk of those center minutes, so that's obviously a big one to watch, especially considering it's a matchup against Joel Embiid. Seth Curry was out last game for the Sixers, but he's probable, so he should be back in the lineup. The second game is the Magic and the Nets. No spread or total out for either of these first two games. Jeff Green is questionable. He missed last game for Brooklyn. If he is out... You got Claxton back in the rotation, and probably more minutes there for DeAndre Jordan. Landry Shamit also questionable, but he's not a huge part of the rotation. Of course, Kevin Durant is out, and that means Bruce Brown will get another start. For the next one, the Kings and the Knicks. The Knicks are two-point favorites, and the total's 223. Alfred Payton is doubtful, so who will start? Will it be finally time for Emmanuel quickly, or will Tibbs, your mate, start Derek Rose? You'd have to think the odds are with Rose, but quickly, Rose, Burks, all those guys should get somewhat of a boost. Nerlens Noel is listed as probable, while uh, uh, Austin Rivers is also not in the injury report after being ill a couple of games ago. He likely returns to the rotation here, Austin Rivers, with the absence of Peyton as moving in as that you know, th- sixth guard or guard-slash-wing type player. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are seven and a half point underdogs and the total is 228. Dylan Brooks has missed the last couple of games. He's questionable for this one. While um, uh, Lou Williams rested for the Clippers last game, so he should return here. That probably cuts into some of the value of Terrence Mann. The Wizards and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are seven point favorites. The total is 237. No Millsap, no Green, no Doja, and no Harris for Denver. While Davis Bertans has crept up with knee soreness for the Wizards, that's obviously an issue considering his knee has given him problems in the past. If he is out, you're looking for more minutes for Denny Avdia, probably some more minutes and touches for Rui Hachimura, and probably more minutes for Garrison Matthews there as well. With Denver, Porter will probably start, but you get Campazzo and you get Morris getting an extra boost in their value. And the last game of the night, the Bucks are nine-point favorites over the Pelicans. The total is a big, big 240. Drew Holiday is doubtful, meaning he won't play, but his return is coming pretty close. So we're going to get DiVincenzo and Augustine and Bryn Forbes with a boost in their value while the Pelicans coming off a back-to-back here after a big win over Detroit. In terms of some early value plays, I like Kyrie a lot. I like Porter. I like Big Chungus. I like Joel Embiid, uh, Alec Burks, Jimmy Harden, um, Ja Morant, DiVincenzo, Fox, Vucevic, Campazzo, uh, Augustin, Chris Middleton, and Jamal Murray. Probably my best value plays for the day, guys. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Hit the notification bell. Leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.